Well, we had so much to talk about yesterday. We didn't even mention the new Paul Graham essay. Oh, wow. That's true. Did you read it? Uh, remind me what the title is. And then, I mean, I read it and then I kind of stored it in, in cold storage. I think you would like it. It's called the Project, the Project of, one of One Zone. zone. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. I did like this. I did like this one. Mm-hmm. One of those straight to cold storage essays, though. I don't know. I don't know well, if that goes all... well. You know, I was listening to a different podcast the other day, and somebody referenced what? like a... <laughs> you traitor. <laughs> Friendship over. They, they referenced like a 2006 Paul Graham essay, and it was really somewhat beautiful. And then the other person went, oh, sort of the golden era of Paul Graham essays. And they both kind of laughed and didn't say anything beyond that. <laughs> brilliant and i like the idea that everybody sort of knows that he peaked in 2006 it's all been downhill since yeah yeah um but this one is good i I like this one yeah yeah it was uh i don't know about having projects that are your own basically and (laughs) i like this kind of analogy to skating uh it's kind of like if you really like have something that like you're excited you know you're like excited about and working on it doesn't feel like work this was specifically where it started like kind of merging into a rant that I know you've said before, which is like, you know, people should have things that like aren't work. Not, they, should, they should be able to, there should be another word for like things that you're working on that are like your side projects, but it shouldn't be called work because that's not what it is. Right. Know? Yes. Like yep. projects that aren't hobbies. You're like doing them, I don't know, sort of like, you know, not just for the enjoyment of it necessarily i guess but just to like to accomplish something even if it's not like fun and while you're doing it or something which was kind of you know there's kind of this middle ground between what's work and what's hobbies that he's trying to kind of flesh out and i think there's something to it yes absolutely um yeah and just the idea that if you've chosen to do it even if it's very similar to somebody telling you like it's very similar to something somebody's told you to do it just feels much better when you're in control. Mm-hmm. That is very true. So not terrible. Worth a read. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's so much to go over. You saw iOS 15 Humane. iOS 15 Humane. Yeah, this got this got attention. This got quite a bit of attention. I was pretty excited by this. Uh, the sort of um, theoretical or like uh, what do they call these? Like proposed designs. There's a word I'm missing here for what iOS could add. And I, they were smart to do it right around the same time that everybody's talking about iOS 15. But these are just uh, a conceptual design, I think is what I was going for, yep. of, of how to improve um, at the OS level uh, the, how, how the device knows about if you're spending your time well and focused on the things you really want to be focused on. And I'm a big fan. I love all of these uh, suggestions. It was. There were definitely some good ideas. This page, this very first screenshot here, it's like a mock-up of uh, this page, you know, that kind of just like breaks down whether or not a given app uses persuasive design or not. And like, you know, uh, the kind of example is all about Facebook. So it's like there's this kind of info page. I guess this is probably on on the App Store or something. Uh when you are about to download the Facebook app, it tells you like Facebook uses persuasive design. It has an ad-based business model. The, you know, this percentage of people report time on this app as time well spent. I think that's kind of an interesting concept. Yes. It's like, instead of like, 
alongside like app reviews or something you can just like people can like report whether or not they think time is well spent on that app and that gets reported back to people uh, who are about to download it really interesting absolutely the thing that was interesting but probably impossible to do is this having persuasive design settings so like per app settings where like uh you know you're able to like toggle on or off like autoplay in an app and this is like handled at the os level where like an app just isn't allowed to do autoplay if you've toggled it off same for infinite feeds or uh you know like a watch now section like a or watch next section um so things like that i mean it would be uh it would be cool if this was implemented at the os but it, it feels pretty uh i don't know it could it could be perceived as a little paternalistic and they'd have to like make a bunch of uh breaking breaking changes to the apps probably yeah yeah i yeah it would be nice at the os level and of course it would have to like it could be done in the in the ios video player but then of course it wouldn't work if a site was using a non-standard video player which youtube Mm -hmm. does as an example so yeah yeah, the fact so that it still to... goes against the economic incentives of some of these companies is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I like this this concept of just these kind of like mock-ups of what it could be uh, that you can just all kind of scan through and see kind of, you know, uh, what, it, what the world could be like. Um, I think it's just a good way for... Do you know who these people are? No, I don't. It's... The website, the page that we're looking at is on potential.app, and I don't, I don't really see much detail here. It's, oh uh, yeah, it, I right, I forgot about this part. They, yeah, they're coming out with like a focus and attention software stuff. So I, they have a request to try it or a request to be in the beta, which I signed up for yesterday. But um, okay, looks like they're still yeah. in private beta. An app that helps you be intentional with your phone. They've got a kind of a micro. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, this this homepage here is like has a little bit of a manifesto, though it's only five sentences long. So, you know, could be longer. It's not quite the uh, manifestos of some other companies that right. uh, are published. That shall remain nameless. <laughs> Love the manifestos. Always. Every startup needs a manifesto. That's just known. Okay. Well, we are also still catching up on stories that happened while we were uh, gone and. A big one in the YC world is that United Airlines has is planning to buy 15 planes from Boom Supersonic. Mm-hmm. So this is big news. This is big news. I mean, 15 of them. I think they're still working on plane number one, if I understand correctly. <laughs> but they're gonna they're gonna get United Airlines 15. And if this, I mean, if this all works. I'll be pretty impressed. I feel like there's no way to not be impressed with this. If, I mean, the, the guy who started this company is like a software engineer from Amazon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he like he doesn't know anything about planes, and he was just like, "I want planes to go faster." So he started a startup to make planes go faster. It's pretty ridiculous. It is absolutely insane. Started seven years ago. I think Blake Scholl is probably the guy you're talking about. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, uh, hmm. yeah, it looks like he was, uh, uh, maybe not. It's hard to say. Okay. Yeah. He worked I at uh, Amazon to, to Blake. Yeah. Amazon and then Groupon. 
for a while and yeah. uh they did yc like i have no i wonder what level of uh progress they were at when they applied <laughs> like i like to imagine that he just applied it was it was a year and a half into working on the company but i like to think that he just applied with like planes are slow they should go faster we're gonna bring <laughs> back the concord and uh yc just threw money at him yeah but yeah this was big news even beyond hacker news i saw this on the front page of uh of like a real newspaper of the wall street journal wow so or something similar to that so it's exciting bringing back the four-hour transatlantic flight or something something like that yeah would be would be fun if it works did you see this linus torvalds on mrna vaccines uh briefly i saw somebody link to it i didn't see the uh the hacker news post it's a very entertaining read where someone said something uh someone basically sent an email out to some linux uh i don't know kernel discussion list and uh linus you know they they were saying something about like yeah these mrna vaccines are like a huge human experiment and it's going to create a new humanoid race of people who like have notably different genetic codes uh yada yada which is like all completely wrong and linus torvalds just like put out like a eight paragraph response that was just like a total like angry shutdown uh, of everything (laughs) that like explained all the science of it and explained like how ridiculous all of that is and how like this person is like endangering everyone around them and you know uh saying that all the decreases in covid in their in the person's home country which is germany are due to people getting vaccinated uh and uh if he the final line is and if you insist on believing in the crazy conspiracy theories at least shut the hell up about it on linux kernel discussion lists (laughs) wow so it was uh it was pretty glorious i do remember recently uh Linus Torvald saying he was going to calm down a little bit, but I guess I'll give him a pass on not calming down in this in this particular yeah. scenario. Maybe after after COVID ends. Yeah, you know it's it's a stressful time. We That's all need true. to flip out a little bit. That's a good point. <laughs> One other thing that I uh, is is big news uh, is this introduction of Stripe tax. Wow! Yes, is huge. It's pretty big. Uh, yeah. I mean, this it's pretty surprising, like the kind of golden era of, of like SaaS, like easily running SaaS businesses on the internet basically ended in like 2018. There was this uh, Supreme Court case, South Dakota versus Wayfair, which basically stated that you are, you need to pay sales tax for like services uh, you sell on the internet. Uh, and you need to basically compute sales tax based on like where your, your users live. And so this is like a huge, like kind of devastating ruling, like a five, four ruling back in 2018. And so it basically just meant like the actual like sales tax in the U S anyway, the sales tax burden is like now vastly more complicated to handle. Uh, a lot of times you need to surpass some sort of threshold of sales uh which is of course also done on a state by state basis um so if you pass like 100k in sales in a given state then you have to start paying income tax um which means you just need to like you know track like know the locations of all of your users so you can tax them appropriately Mm. and which is you know already like not something you'd like to avoid potentially if you just have like a SaaS product right uh and then you have to yeah know the sales tax rates you know both for the state and for like the locality uh that the person lives 
And it's just this incredibly complicated thing um, that Stripe kind of until now has not touched. You've had to use these uh, other options like tax jar was a big one. There's one called Avalara. And uh, it was just like this big, you know, <laughs> big annoyance where you had to kind of pass all of your transactions through these other vendors and, you know, have them compute all the taxes and whatnot. And then you take that information back from these vendors who do all the computation and keep up to date with all the tax codes and everything. And then you submit the, the Stripe charges appropriately, um, you know, after they've already done all the all the computation. But now it's going to be like nicely integrated into Stripe, um, you know, into Stripe checkout and everything. They've got an example on this homepage that just is like, you know, all auto-computed at the point of sale. You don't need to do anything, any logic after the fact or anything. And it is glorious. Yeah, that is very impressive. Stripe really mm-hmm. continues to fire on all cylinders. Very impressive how how many things that nobody else seems to have, or very few others seem to have, they, they continue to roll out. Yep. They are just extending their lead. Yeah. And I guess my take on this was all very US-centric, but it also works on uh, uh, internationally, which is absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, collect sales tax VAT, which is like the value-added tax that a bunch of other countries uh, levy, including the UK, and the GST. Uh, I don't know what that is exactly. It appears to be goods and services tax. All right, it's another kind of tax that, that other countries use. Probably other countries that have more reasonable tax codes than state, state-specific sales taxes. <laughs> so they're charging 0.5% per transaction or 0.4% when you process more than 100K in a month. Pretty good. Okay. Yes. Sounds pretty good. I mean, it's worth it for sure. Yeah. Uh, until you have enough money to, I don't know, build, your, build a, a whole complicated system for tax computation on top of some other vendor. But then those other vendors probably take a comparable amount, if not more, TaxJar. Right. It looks like this is actually done in in partnership with TaxJar. Oh, interesting. I'm seeing that under step four, file and remit with ease. The U.S. filing partner is TaxJar. So I'm, I wonder what the uh, nature of that relationship is. Oh, yeah. Look at I, that. The other one I mentioned, Avalara, is not mentioned anywhere. So it looks like Avalara lost the contract here to uh, <laughs> you know, be the be the partner with Stripe. Wow. Very cool stuff. Very cool indeed.